Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Kid Stays in the Podcast. I'm your host, Trey Cooper, and joining me is... Solomon. Solomon. Cooper. Cooper. Oh, cool. By the way. Just, just went with just, your regular old name this time. Yeah, I just wanted to let you know. I just wanted to put some space in between the words. In, in between the jokes? Yeah, there's no jokes today. <laughs> <laughs> there's no jokes, just dry content from me. But just leave big, awkward spaces so the audience can look at it as kind of like a, a Mad Libs where they put their own jokes in. <laughs> yeah. This is the podcast where we ask you to do the work for us. That sounds actually like a fun podcast, though. Oh, uh, does it? I mean, I'm not saying that we should do it, but I think someone should do it. Okay, yeah. So, again, you want everybody to do the work for you. <laughs> okay, Dad, calm down. Anyway, we have a great show. We are not going to be talking about any television this week, mostly because there wasn't a ton going on, but also because we are going to be talking about a movie that we've been excited and looking forward to for quite a while now, and that is Halloween Kills. Great job. Uh, but yeah, Halloween Kills, a sequel to uh, David Gordon Green's reboot slash sequel of the Halloween franchise after the last time it was full on rebooted by Rob Zombie. Um, His last name is Zombie? I mean, I don't think that's the name that the good Lord gave him whenever he was born. (laughs) Okay. Okay. All right. But yes. uh, So yeah, we, uh, both of us really liked the reboot uh, slash sequel of of Halloween that essentially ignores everything that came after the first Halloween movie and just made a direct sequel that takes place about as many years later as actually passed since the first movie was made. I mean, I'm loving this new style. Are we going to get like a Jason reboot that completely ignores all the other Jasons? Friday the 13th, 13th, not Jason. We're getting a Scream reboot slash sequel, but it's not ignoring all the other Screams. Oh, but um, but yeah, it's just called Scream, but it is a sequel to the other movies, and it has the same cast. Huh? Yeah, exactly. That's odd. I mean, it's kind of like uh, like they thought that if they add too many numbers to the end, that people just assume that it sucks. That's you know what I mean. That's probably true, though. Or maybe they think that people can't count that high. <laughs> that that's why probably more true. Actually, I, act, I actually think that the real reason is 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 marketing, right? So you have a whole new generation of folks who, if they haven't seen the old original Scream movies and they see a movie called like Scream Nineteen, they're gonna be like, "Oh, I have nineteen movies I need to catch up on." It was just called Scream. They'd be like, "Oh, that's the that's I remember that old thing. They're bringing it back." And they want to go watch it. That's that's my guess. That's genius, really. Um, but before we get into Halloween Kills, um, this is a little bit of setup. So Solomon um, 
you always tell people, and it's very, very, very funny to me. Not because it's not not because it's not a great movie, but that Halloween, the original Halloween, um, is your favorite horror movie. Yeah, it's actually pretty weird because there's not. It's just like uh, it's always been drawn to me. Like I maybe it's because it's like it has a nice, it has simplicity, or it has like some really great shots. Like that one at the very end when he's just like you like pan down and he, and Jason or. Keeps, oh I my get, God, Michael! Oh. I'm so sorry. I, I it might happen a bunch. Um, um <laughs> I'm gonna assume, just ass- you know what I'm talking about, everyone. But whenever like he like gets knocked off the the patio, not it's not a patio, balcony, balcony, and then they like pan down and he's gone. I think that's like a really cool and an iconic shot. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, it's just always been like so. It's, it's like a clean, simple film. You know, yeah. it has like all the classic things that you need for a good slasher film. And, and, and we both love Halloween. Yeah. And it does a great, like, ha- sorry, that's kind of confusing in this context. <laughs> we both like love Halloween, the, the holiday yeah, and, 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 and the season. So that's one of the things that I absolutely love about um, the original Halloween movies. It just evokes Halloween, Halloween so well. Yeah. And like Halloween you said, evokes Halloween. <laughs> Yeah, like you said, it's it's a really it's a, just a, such a clean, uncluttered movie. Yeah. Um, so you know you have babysitters in peril, and there's a un babysitters in peril. That's great. <laughs> and there's a uh, you know kind of an unstoppable force that that is after them, and yeah, that's that's pretty much it. And you have an yeah. iconic score that um is know, loved. Yeah, I so, love it. Um, but. When you go back and watch the original Halloween, it is a shockingly tame movie. Yeah. Now, nowadays. Now, nowadays, Like, yes. other than a couple of um, heaving bosoms, you could pretty much... Uh, heaving bosoms. You could pretty much watch that with uh, with anyone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's true. The, the kills aren't very violent. They mostly happen off screen. Um, there's very little cursing in the movie. Yeah. There's very little blood in the movie. Um. Holy crap, that's actually really shocking to think about. Yeah. Um, but the reason I wanted to bring up this movie, the, the original Halloween movie, because um, is mostly because I want to talk about the difference between Halloween, the original, and the sequel, Halloween 2, and Halloween, the reboot, and its sequel, Halloween Kills. Because they both have a similar structure, and they both have... Similar but different flaws. That makes sense. Yes. So, um, like, so Halloween two makes a common, the original Halloween two, not Halloween Kills. Yes. This is, I know this is very confusing because we're talking about two different, two different rebooted slash sequel series. But yes. Yeah. So Halloween two, um, does the kind of classic slasher trope of just upping the body count and making the kills more violent. Yes. And it takes place right after the events of Halloween one. It takes place where Lori's in the hospital uh, Jamie Lee Curtis again, playing Laurie Strode in Halloween two. She's in the hospital and essentially Michael Myers is uh, rampaging through the hospital staff, butchering way more people than he did. You know, in the in the first movie, where I think the body count in the first movie is about four or five people. It's the single digits, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't that that many, and um, yeah, in the second in in Halloween two, you know, 
he basically murders an entire hospital. Yeah. So in the sequel to um, David Gordon Green's Halloween, he does ex- almost exactly the same thing at the beginning, right? It takes place right after the events of the first movie. Yep. Lori's in the hospital. Yep. Uh, recovering from from her wounds. For for those of you who have forgotten, you know she gets stabbed by Michael uh, in the stomach. Yeah. And you kind of think she's she's dead. Yeah. But then she isn't. Wow. <laughs> um. So yeah, and it takes place in the hospital. So it sets you up to think. It's kind of weird that they're even ignoring the continuity of all the sequels if they're just going to do it again. You know what I mean? But better. They're doing it again, but better. I would definitely agree with that. Um, but yeah, so what did you think of this this setup? And then and then talk us through a little bit, if you can, the pivot, where it pivots away from what that original Halloween 2 movie did, which is focusing on Lori and how Jason just wants to... Oh <gasps> See? my God, I just ha, did it. Ha, That's ha, because of you. Ha, ha, because ha, of you that I did ha. that. You said Michael so many times, and then if you said you, Jason. If you wouldn't have brought the name Jason into this room, then I would not have thought about it. <laughs> uh-huh. That's what they all say. Anyway, so and, and, and Michael's like obsessed with, with killing Lori. You know what I mean? She was the only survivor, so he's like he's going after her at this hospital. Um, so yeah, just kind of talk us through like where, where the... The pivot happens in in the in Halloween Kills away from the events of of Halloween Two. Yes. Okay. It's very confusing how many times we said Halloween already. Um. But yeah, in in Halloween Two, it's all about focusing on Lori. But in later, like halfway, maybe at the three quarters mark, we find out she's like, "It's all about me. We gotta find him. We gotta. We gotta. He's gonna kill us all." And he's like, "Oh no!" And then the sheriff actually like explains. That what if it's not that? What if he's trying to get to his house? You know, that's the that's what's always the center of attention. You know, he's always trying to get back home to his like safe place where he's always just looking over the town. Also, I just felt like I was going diagonal. Why? <laughs> I don't know. I just thought I was. I feel like we're on a hill right now. Are you having some vertigo? I, I I don't know. I just feel like I'm standing sideways. I know that's a random thing to say oh. while I'm talking about actually pivoting. My body's pivoting. No, no. <laughs> Don't try and make it work. <laughs> okay. I will stop. So anyway, um, yeah, so I mean, you, you hit on one of the, the main pivots. Uh, oh, I said, I'm never saying pivot too many times. Now all, none of these words sound like real words anymore. Pivot. Oh, my. Pivot. No. Okay, I'm sorry. Oh, and um, also just want to make sure that uh, Mike, who's producing the podcast uh, out there, does not think we're talking about him because we are going to be ragging a lot on one of our listeners and friends who is also named Mike? Yeah. Um, and his idiotic opinions of mm. Halloween on Halloween Kills that so, he sent into us. So stupid. Um, but yeah, so the main the main difference that I was talking about. Um, don't get me wrong. What you said is a huge difference in the movie. Oh, I, is that not what you're talking about? That was part of it. But I wanted you to start a little bit earlier than that, where we shift from Lori in the hospital having surgery and her daughter being convinced. Her daughter's again played by Judy Greer. Judy Greer. Judy Greer. Um, and, um, Judy's also convinced that, that Michael is going to be coming to the hospital to kill Lori yeah, once so and for all. Her. So that's where her whole focus is. But then the movie does something really interesting. And I think it did this actually as a pre-credit sequence. It introduces us to a, a character that's new. They insert him into the original John Carpenter movie, um, with some, with some, uh, a little bit of digital trickery. A uh, new character named Lonnie, 
right? And they show him having an experience with Michael Myers that he survives as a child in the events of the original film. And then it cuts to showing him um, now as an adult. And yeah. he is at this kind of uh, uh, yearly reunion, it seems like, of the folks who survived Michael Myers' initial attack from that very, very first John Carpenter film. Yes. So the movie pivots away from Laurie in the hospital and to these survivors, and the survivors are um, Tommy Doyle. Yes. Who was one of the, you know, original kids being, being babysat. Yeah. Um, and Lindsay Wallace who is still Lindsay Wallace is actually played by uh, Kylie Richards, who played her originally. Oh, but, that's cool. Yeah. Tommy Doyle this time around is being played by Anthony Michael Hall. Um, and then you have um, Marion and it's totally spacing on me. The actress's name, but Marion, if you, for, for those Halloween aficionados out there, Marion was the nurse, at the very beginning who Michael kind of breaks the window and pulls her out of her car whenever. And then that's how he escapes from the asylum, right? Yeah, he steals her he car drives away. and she survived. And so it's it's those those three and then Lonnie who they have you know kind of added to and every year on Halloween night they meet up at this place to celebrate and kind of tell a ghost story at an open mic night about the night that the boogeyman you know came to town yeah and um so this this gets us into one of what I think is I know this is going to sound contradictory but it's one of the things that I love about Halloween kills, but it's also one of its biggest weaknesses. And that is that it pivots away from what Halloween two did and doesn't focus on, um, Lori. on Lori, but focuses on these remaining survivors. A lot of them played by the original cast members. I thought that was a really neat, even though it's kind of a cliche sequel thing, but this thing is really playing into tropes of sequels, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it is trying to, it's trying to have its cake and eat it too. It's trying to do what, what uh slasher sequels always do, which is up the kills, yep. up the gore. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but it's also trying to subvert that and make it into something a little bit higher art. E at that. I think it fails. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it really fails at doing that. Did you feel like it, this movie was like, Felt like it was trying to be high art, or did it feel like high art to you? No, it felt like I was watching a fun slasher movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And if if, if the movie would have really just allowed itself to focus on just being a fun slasher sequel, that's kind of winking and nodding about the fact that it knows that it's doing slasher sequel things, yeah. um, I'd be a little bit more forgiving. But the movie takes itself just a smidge too seriously for my taste. Yeah, I can understand that. Uh, what did you think about the, what did you think about the, um, the new group of survivors and like their, their kind of plot or role in the, in the movie? Um, I thought, I thought it was really interesting. Like, I think, I think I did, I did enjoy that pivot. I'm going to say pivot so much more now. Um, and I loved Tommy Doyle. He was, he, I felt so like connected to him. I don't know why. Maybe he just, they did good character building on him, I guess. Um, but he just felt like so nice and like, you could really see where he was coming from. Like he was going to get revenge on, we never explained the plot of this movie. You don't need, we're, we're going through it and I don't think people really need to know. The, the, that's, that's fair. Here's the plot of the movie. Um, 
Michael Myers kills some people. Oh my God, that's not the plot of the movie. Essentially. Well, to 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 bring in this listener um, slash, uh, you know, frenemy, uh, Mike, who, who wrote in uh, his review, his, his thoughts on, on, uh, on Halloween. He said that uh, Tommy Doyle sucks. Yep. Every time Anthony Michael Hall was on screen, I cringed. He was the black hole at the heart of this movie. <laughs> what do you have to say to uh, to to old Michael? His thoughts of, about about Tommy Doyle. Um, probably one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. Because I literally was just he's, he said yeah. the opposite of what I said. He's he's a great character. I think they do a great job creating him and really bringing a real life person to a horror movie. You know, like I actually felt like that that was a real person with real reactions. You know, it wasn't just like a script. Here's another here's another quote from Mike. <laughs> okay. Anthony Michael Hall may be one of the worst actors of all time. <laughs> That's stupid. Yeah, I feel like yes, he brings I agree. This guy is this guy is an imbecile. <laughs> this guy This is what you can expect if you're a listener of our podcast and you comment on things we disagree with. We'll we'll uh make fun of you by name. <laughs> We're not going anonymous with you, man. You're getting destroyed on this yeah, podcast. We won't, we won't give your uh, address or home phone number <laughs> away, Mike. Uh, but we will say that you're a, um, a buffoon. <laughs> yeah, he, he didn't. He brought so much to Tommy Doyle. You know, he brought. I can't say this enough. A real person to a fictional movie. Well, that's what all actors do. But. I know, but like, I actually felt. I felt. Mm. Well, I think I think I'm in love with him. I think (laughs) you know, back in the day, a lot of people were in love with Anthony Michael Hall. He was kind of a, you know, kind of a geeky heartthrob guy. I think he's one of my new man crushes. Well, move out of the way, Ryan Reynolds. I think I think one of the things that you're actually trying to get trying to get at that you're just having a hard time expressing is that he brought Tommy Doyle was just a little kid when we saw him, right? Yeah, and he brought him. He brought that character into being a fully realized, kind of traumatized yeah, adult. A full-fledged man with, like, PTSD. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Which is awesome. Um, I will say that Anthony Michael Hall is saddled with some of the more uh, brutal lines of dialogue that he has to say many times. He has some <laughs> mel- really melodramatic things. Um, if I, I mentioned while we were watching it at the theater that... If you played a drinking game where you had to take a shot every time Anthony Michael Hall said "Evil dies tonight,", tonight. yep, um, you would be dead before the movie was halfway over. <laughs> <laughs> That's sadly one hundred percent true. I mean, it sounds really good like the first three times. What was the other thing? There's another thing that they say many, many times. It was. I can't, it I was can't. something about like. Once upon a time, Michael did this or something like that. Oh, no, it's it's 40 years ago, <laughs> Michael attacked us. Yeah. It's like every time they start off saying 40 years ago, I'm like, okay, we get it. <laughs> it happened 40 years ago. This is a sequel to an old-ass movie. <laughs> we understand. Oh, um, God. But yeah, so so the crux of, the, of this movie is that they find out about what happened essentially in the Halloween one reboot. (laughs) Okay. All right. They find out that Michael has come back and he's attacked Lori again and he's killed a bunch of people. 
and all these, because this takes place three minutes after that that movie, right? Yes. So all of these survivors, Tommy Doyle, um, Lonnie, Lindsay Wallace, and Marion, they all find out while they're at this reunion, this kind of support reunion where they celebrate having survived that, they all find out that Michael is back. He stabbed Lori again. Lori's back in the hospital. And they say, no more, damn it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and they decide they're going to take the fight to Michael. Michael. Yeah. And they form a mob and the vigilantes, and they're going to put an end to this once and for all. And Tommy Doyle's leading them. And, um, yeah, I just that that's essentially the whole plot of the entire movie. Yeah. Is that instead of it being Michael hunting down all these people, um, the people are hunting Michael. The people are hunting Michael. Now, um, I will say that these people really, really should have watched the first Halloween movie. <laughs> yeah. Because the way that they hunt down Michael is really dumb. One at a time. One at a time. There'll be like a car full of people with like pitchforks and knives. <laughs> and, and guns. Yeah, and guns. And then one of them will be like, I'm, let me go check this out alone. You guys stay here. I don't want to put anybody in danger. And they'll like grab a golf club and walk out into the forest. <laughs> in the forest. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so true. Uh, I mean, it happened many It happened many times. But I did, that didn't bother me because that is what slasher sequels are like, right? We know that most of these people are just set up. To, to be, die. yeah, to be, yeah, go- Michael Fodder. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, so they, they, like I said, they kind of try to have it both ways where they try and have real characters that you're going to care about. Like, like Tommy Doyle. Like Tommy Doyle and those survivors. But then they give them a bunch of just like people around them just to get killed in fun or funny ways. <laughs> yeah. But some of the kills aren't particularly fun or funny. Some of them are uh, just awful. Really, just really brutal. Yeah. Um, Mostly in the in that they linger over um, the person being still conscious and alive as horrible things are happening to them. You know what I mean? Yeah, and other people around them. Right. Just, oh, yeah, they, 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 that's what they do. They literally just keep them alive. They do horrible things to them and then let them live for, like, ten more minutes. And you just have to watch them breathing in and out blood. Yeah. It's terrible. Well, look, I'm going to read another one of these quotes that we have. Let me turn to it. <laughs> yeah. This, again, this is from our um, dear listener. Our dear listener. Mike. He's, he said, the kills in this movie were weak sauce. What? Yeah. He said that? Weak sauce. Yeah, I'm reading it on the paper. It says weak sauce. Yeah, so um, yeah, what, do, what, do you, what do you have to say to that? Um, do you think do you think uh, old Mike is accurate? Um, I oh. think he's been one hundred percent inaccurate this whole entire time because there's some horrible kills. Like, and I'm I've gotten a lot more like okay with kills, you know. So I'm like good. <laughs> I, I, like I've been I've been seen I've seen some slasher movies in my day. I've yeah, I've yeah. gotten pretty used to these. Not, you're not as squeamish as you were when you were a wee babe. Yes. Now I I see some gross kills. I'm like, oh, that was pretty nice. That's a pretty okay kill. But there was some that like were actively like, oh, oh my, and like I wanted to throw up because of how brutal they were. Well, um, so let's take a quick break from discussing just the plot of the movie and do a little segment I call Top 5 Best Kills. Ooh. Now, you don't have to say the character's name, even though we said we're doing full spoilers on this podcast because most people are not listening to it, haven't seen the movie already, and the movie's been out for a couple of weeks. Um, 
but you don't have to say who the person is that got killed a certain yeah, way. Yeah, I can just tell you. But what just they are. like uh, top five, and if you guys think top five, you're gonna tell it, that's all the kills. No, Michael kills like a hundred people. <laughs> <laughs> he kills everyone. Yeah, this is the, at least the title of the movie is not a lie. Yeah, that's definitely it's true. Unlike the cake. All right, uh, 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 <laughs> I like that. Um, okay, so I think in the number one, should I go from like least or best or best to least? Or yeah, worst? like uh, I don't care. I don't. Top five. I I I. Um, the thing is, I only have like three in my brain right now. I can't give you just so, fine. I'll rename this segment just for you. Since you're so pushy. <laughs> just such a diva. Top three best kills. <laughs> well, I was gonna ask if you want to name some kills. Fine. I will. I will name mine also. All right. So the best, the best kill. No, I'm gonna do the. I'm gonna do the worst kill. Um, and by worst, I mean like not as cool. So the worst kill, I think, was you know the worst kill in the movie or the worst of this these three. Why don't you call it my third favorite instead the, of the yeah, worst kill? The, I mean, the, okay, yes, my third favorite kill okay. was this, a light bulb. They See, Michael grabs one of those kitchen light bulbs that are, like, under or above. A tube, uh, like a tube light, yeah, like yeah, a fluorescent yeah. light. And he breaks it on the counter and stabs it into her throat. And you watch as she, like, cho- choking about blood, coughing, and then... He and blood murders. is like pouring out the end of the light bulb. Yeah, it's so awesome. And he murders her husband in front of her while she's still living. So that that is a, that's an actual great example of one of those kills where it's so brutal and the, it's shot in a dramatic way. Yeah. So you're supposed to feel it. And um, it just kind of is not tonally in line with what the rest of the movie is trying to do. But I agree with you. It's a great kill. It was, so anyway. it was a great kill. Um, my next favorite kill is my... F- Second favorite because it's how funny it is. I think we probably agree on this. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. She gets a desert eagle. And I was so excited. I was like, a desert eagle is going to do so much damage to this man. And this is the one of the, what, this is one of the one at a time. Walk out the car. <laughs> and get killed one by, by one. And get killed by Michael. I, I don't even, it happens so fast. I don't even know exactly what happens. I just know what ends up happening. Yeah. She gets the eagle. She like. Shoots and miss misses. She's in so much panic, and then she shoots, and it like ricochets off the car. No, you're wrong. What has happened? She's getting the kill wrong. Oh my gosh! What, it's like one of the best kills. It's a in the ricochet. Movie. It's really funny. No, it isn't. It's not. No, she she keeps missing him, so she charges at him to try and shoot him in close range, and he kicks the door into her, and it knocks her hand back, and she shoots herself in the face. Oh. That's so much better than what I thought it was. How, how did you think it was a ricochet? I thought she shot the door and it was like, bing, and it shot her right in the throat. No, he got closer and he kicked the door out into That's her. That's right. And knocked the gun back and she shot herself in the face. It was still an amazing kill and I'm so sad I got it wrong. Yeah. Now that kill is in keeping with what the tone of this movie I think really should have been. Yeah, that like. was like a that, that was like the perfect kill. That should be like the, the icon kill yeah. for the movie. Um, and the goat. What is the... the the, 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 the best kill, is, yeah. The most brutal kill of the whole thing is, dang, it's just I, I'm like having to like it. It lasts so long. It it goes on for like five minutes on screen, um, which is a long time if you guys can't <laughs> tell. Um, shoot, can I even remember it? Doesn't he like? Does he paralyze him? What is happening to you right now? <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't. I like. These are your. You picked these <laughs> as your favorite kills. <laughs> I know, but I can't think of exactly how it worked. Okay. What, tell me which kill it was. It's the last, like one of the last ones. Oh, the, the boyfriend uh, who survived the first movie. Yes. Uh, sorry, guys. Spoiler. 
He don't survive this one. <laughs> he does not survive it. Yeah, he gets so yeah, Michael like breaks his arm. Arm or leg, arm. He breaks his he breaks his arm and his, he breaks his hand and his leg. Yeah. And then he like slams his head through like the banister. Yep. Yeah, I know that part. Yeah. And then he's like on the floor on like on the ground in like he breaks one of the little wooden things. So his head is broken and then he like bangs it against each wooden like each part of the yeah. wall and like shoves him onto the broken part of the wood. So just like So he's like impaled on it, but on it's not the, he's not dead though. It's not like Yeah, so like he's like there. vaguely in his throat. Yeah. And then he walks down the floor and she's like, please don't kill him, please, please. And then he just snaps his neck. And the worst thing about that kill was such a cl- really clever thing that they did is when they keep cutting to him because he's been like knocked senseless. He's like broken. You know what I mean? It's really sad. It's really, yeah. And it's really gross. But was that he wasn't bleeding. Out he of wasn't mouth. bleeding out of his mouth. He was just, it was just drool. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it was such a good touch to do that because it made it feel more human and humiliating and sad. I don't know how, why, yeah. but it was, it worked, you know what I mean? Instead of just having blood it was, come out of his mouth. But yeah, it was, and it went on, like he said, it went on for a really long time. Oh, that was such a good kill though. Yeah. So, um, look, I don't want to agree with this dingus Mike who sent us all these ignorant pages, quotes. Pages, pages of quotes. Like, honestly, like, he just kept going on and on about, um, and we hadn't even done the show about the movie yet. So it's kind of <laughs> odd that he's sending it, but I guess he knew that we were going to go, we were going to be, you know, talking about it. But most of his stuff is just idiotic things about. Yeah. So let's let's talk about the, one of these things. Mike says, as soon as the mob scene happened, I knew this was a beep movie. <laughs> this movie was such a pile of beep. After that, <laughs> sorry, I'm trying to keep this kind of fit family family friendly, even though we're talking about gra- graphic gruesome murders. But this jackass Mike has just got me set off by saying all these idiotic things. So the scene he's talking about here is the mob scene. Because there's a scene where the movie tries to show that mobs maybe not be a great idea. Yeah. Where they mob all goes to the hospital where Lori is. And there's another escaped. Escapee. Escapee from the asylum who's just a normal old. Crazy person. Crazy person. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't think it was to call them crazy people anymore. I think that's (laughs) not politically correct. I think we just call them like mental Mental midgets. Don't call them mental midgets. Is that man. not what the police? You're not know. even allowed to call midgets midgets. Oh, you, you just now did that. <laughs> I was talking about people's brains. I know. Now we're going to get canceled already. We only have one listener, this dumbass <laughs> Mike. <laughs> anyway, well, he's the only one who's, who's written in so far with his, with his quote-unquote opinions. <laughs> opinions. With his quote-unquote thoughts, which are more like <laughs> farts ricocheting between his ears. So mean. Well, he just had so many dumb things. He was so adamant about how basically we shouldn't be. If we give this movie a positive review, he's going to know that we're hacks. So I'm just letting him know where he can shove it. Okay. Anyway, so the mob scene. What did you think about that scene? Um, did kind of walk us through like what what happens there? Okay. So little old man is is walking in in the hospital, and everyone's like, "Oh my god." That's Michael. And they're freaking out. They're like, evil dies to die. Evil dies to die. And they're saying it because he's wearing, he's wearing like this, like the asylum uniform. Yeah. Even though he's not wearing his mask, which is just so annoying yeah, to me. It, but there's a couple things with this that are dumb. Yeah. It, you know, I'm, I'm not, not saying give, it's not r- right. I'm not saying it's right. Yeah. But 
the dumb things are a this guy's like Waist, yeah, he's like four <laughs> feet tall and pudgy. He looks like uh, he looks like Wormtail from Harry Potter. Yeah, you know what I mean. And he kind of is like shuffling around, like you know mm-hmm. what I mean. Like he's not in great shape, and he's wearing the hospital suit. And like first of all, like you said, he doesn't have a mask on. He's and everybody uses that fat. as you trying to use that as like an example. Like, well, we've never seen him without his mask on, so maybe that is what he looks like. Why is he just wandering around with his mask <laughs> off now? Yeah, what? why is he shuffling around like he just escaped from the old <laughs> folks' home? The old folks' home. Yeah. Like an old retirement home. Yeah, I understand. It's just weird. They call them folks. Yeah, that's what you you call it. The old folks home? Yeah, you don't want to call it where I abandoned my parents. (laughs) I guess that's a fair point. Old folks home. Yes, but yeah, they're all going up. They're freaking out. This is little short, fat Michael. I almost said Jason. So proud of myself. And then, like, Karen's like, oh, my God, I know it's not you. I'm so sorry. And Karen, just for I'm anybody who didn't you. remember, is Karen is, is Judy Greer. It's Laurie Strode's daughter. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so she's trying to protect him. And everyone is having is going crazy. There's, like, hundreds of people in this hospital, like, freaking out, trying to go kill him. And then she locks him in there. And then. And let's be clear. Tommy Doyle is leading this charge. Yeah, Tommy Doyle, which is even dumber. Tommy Doyle knows. Yeah. <sighs> it's, it, it is kind of stupid. But the movie's not bad. So, um, yeah, and then... But the mob scene itself was, I didn't think was bad. I thought the problem with it was just that it was silly that they thought that that guy was Michael. He looks, yeah. But the idea of them accidentally causing somebody, and they also fudged a little bit, which I appreciated, because they want you to still be on the side of the mob while just showing you that it can lead to bad stuff. Yeah. So they don't actually have the mob kill that guy. Yeah. But what happens is they have him pinned down, and he knows that they're probably going to hurt him or kill him, and he's crazy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or he's mentally dis- disabled. Disturbed. Yeah. He's disturbed. Man, mentally disturbed. He's in a psychiatric hospital for the criminally insane. So I assume he did something bad. Well, yeah. Um but anyway, so he kills himself. Yeah. And they called it. And as soon as they the see window. him, Tommy knows that that wasn't him. And it's like, oh no. I he guess helped. not just evil's gonna die tonight. Also yeah. some some innocence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um Amen. But yeah, like the idea of that scene, I don't have to have any problem with. There's a couple of like little inconsistencies, but the idea of the movie t- trying to at least pretend like it's going to tackle some negative sides of vigilante and, and mob justice. Yeah. But at the end of the day, this is a horror movie where they're hunting Michael Myers. So it's really, really hard to be on, you know, team Michael. Yeah, that's true. Um, so one of the things... Final one of the last two things that I have down that I wanted to talk about is I I got kind of a last Jedi vibe from the way that um, this movie is kind of trying to democratize Michael's hatred or psychopathy. Psychopathy. That's in a that, big word. In that, you know, in The Last Jedi, everybody hated it. Not me. Probably Mike. Probably that idiot Mike probably hated it. Yeah. But, um, obviously, yeah. stupid Mike. And <laughs> that, in that movie, um, he democratized the force, right? Yeah. They, they stripped Ray of, um, any notion of having like a hereditary reason why she had the force. She's just a nobody. Her parents were nobodies. You know what I mean? And then you see the little orphan kid at the end, yep. you know, force pulled a broom. And it's like, anybody can have the force, right? The force is there. It's all about just training. Anybody can have it. Of course, JJ Abrams came and squatted over that movie and erased <laughs> everything with the font of bile that he produced. <laughs> but, but before that happened, 
they did something he did something really cool in the last Jedi as far as that that went. I don't think it's as successful here because it kind of makes the movie uh at least to me lack a certain level of focus um and intentionality. Yeah. But they make it to where Laurie and the sheriff uh, is he the sheriff? I think he's just a police officer. Officer Hawkins. I don't think he's the sheriff. He's a no, sheriff. No, the sheriff is in the movie. And he's not that guy. Oh, yeah. He has a yeah. cowboy hat on. Yeah, that guy's cool. Yeah. I liked him. Although we, like, knew nothing about him. He was in the, the movie for, like, a total of 10 minutes of screen time. Yeah. You're right. Bad character. Same same with Officer Hawkins. So Officer Hawkins, weirdly, he gets an entire backstory in this of his encounter with with um, Michael. Yeah. And it takes place during the time. that takes place at the very end of the first movie. Yep. And the actual first movie, the 70s. Yes, the very one. first movie. Yeah. And he basically tries to shoot Michael because he's strangling his partner and he ends up shooting his partner. And But I thought that was really odd that they included that because then Officer Hawkins is in the movie as much as Laurie is, right? They're just like both next to each other in hospital beds doing Jack All the entire movie long. Yeah. I mean, they can't. They're almost dead. Yep. Mm-hmm. But it was just odd to me that they gave him that backstory and he's not doing very much. But yeah, like you said earlier, and that's why I said you kind of got ahead of me, but... um. They kind of democratize that by him explaining to Lori, like, this is not about you. He's not coming here to get you. Yeah. Um, and then he does say something about him going home. But see, even right now, we just watched the movie, and it's fuzzy to me exactly what they were trying to say. Like, I know they were saying he's going home. They did the classic thing where they, like, draw a map. And, like, oh, if you look, he got he went through the old Miller place, and then he, and then he killed a Jenkins, and then uh, <laughs> over here, and that's a straight line to his house. You know, we've seen that yep. one or ten times before. <laughs> uh-huh. um, but, like, why? Like, why don't you just get in a car and drive there? You know what I mean? Because <laughs> he like, can't drive. It's always so funny to me that these, these killers, when they like kill their way back to the house or whatever, why just start over here? Why don't you just go to the house? Why don't you like, get out of your car here? <laughs> anyway. And start murdering everyone? Yeah. Well, he's crazy, Dad. He's crazy. I'm just saying, it, kind of, it made the movie like not have like that, you know, it, it kind of... I understand that he was trying to make it to where Michael doesn't make any sense. That's the whole point. He was trying to democratize Michael. Michael could come for any one of us, right? It's not just Lori that he cares about. He doesn't care about anybody. No one is safe. Yeah, nobody is safe, and he's just going to come get you and kind of make him more of, of, of the of the boogeyman thing. But I, I'm not sure if I think that that really works any better than making him obsessed with Lori. I mean, it works definitely better than in Halloween 2 where they made... I think in Halloween 2 where they made Laurie like related to Michael. That was really stupid. And I think that's the number one reason actually that they decanonized all of the sequels. So they didn't have that. So they didn't have to deal with that idiotic Idiocy. thing. Yeah. Um But yeah, I thought that I thought that, that was like I said, it was an interesting choice, and I'm always happy when when a horror movie is making an interesting choice. Um, but I, no, I wouldn't necessarily say that it worked. Yeah. Um I mean it's neat, cool. But yeah, but like, do you even remember why he was like, what is he wanting to go back to his home for? Especially because they, they said. I have no clue. The sheriff's like, he's like, he just was looking out over the town, thinking how he's going to murder them. And then someone's like, but he wasn't looking out of, himself, out, of, out of the town. What if he was looking inside of himself? Yeah, at his own reflection. And yeah. they imply that's what he's doing. And I was like, this mother effer goes all, kills his way through the entire town. <laughs> town. So he can go look at himself in one specific window reflection? <laughs> yeah. I mean. I guess. He's crazy, bro. I don't know if his fetish for windows, though, is more believable <laughs> than him wanting his obsession with Lori. Yeah. Lori's like the only one who escaped. That would make more sense than 
oh, look, this is the window that I look at myself in when I was eight. Well, um, the last thing that, I'm, that I wanted to talk about, so before I get into it, I'll let you wrap up any other thoughts that you had, because the last thing I want to talk about is I, I one issue that I do think, and you know what? If that Jack Balls that wrote in <laughs> would have mentioned this as like one of the complaints he had and would have had any nuanced <laughs> opinions at all, I wouldn't be giving him such a hard time. <laughs> but he didn't. I mean, literally, he didn't have anything. But if he would have talked about tone, the tone is the thing that I think the, is, is the movie's Achilles heel as far as me giving it, you know what I mean? Acting like it's like an actual amazing, astonishing or whatever movie. I, I think the tonal issue is a problem. But, of yeah. course, this guy probably can't even spell tone. So, <laughs> Of course. Um, anyway, but anyway, just kind of uh, let's wrap up before you give, you don't have to give your, your final star rating, your final how many boots or whatever dumb thing you're going to come up with today. <laughs> boots. But, but, uh, Why are you so mean today, Dad? Uh, I don't know. I'm kind of salty. I worked like 80 hours last week. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's fair. Um, so anyway, yeah. So to kind of give us wrap up your your overall impressions of the movie, you don't have to give the rating yet, and then I'll, I'll talk about the tone thing because I don't want to I don't want to harsh your your mellow before right, right there. Uh, let's not do that. <laughs> okay. Um, I think all in all. It was, uh, I was, the thing is you took, I wanted to hear what you had to say about Tone because I think it was a really fun movie with very, with few faults. Yeah. Just It's just a sequel to a slasher movie. I think it, it gets the review of sequel to a slasher movie. Yeah, but that's a terrible, that's normally <laughs> terrible. But I mean, if you look up Halloween 1, it's like 100% true. on on Rotten Tomatoes and Halloween 2 has like a 30. That's true. It, it's a It's a lot better than the average sequel. Yeah, because it, it knows what it's doing. I think that's, yeah. like, really important to... It, it, and it did a good job doing what it knew it was doing. Okay, well, let's talk about the tone, then, if you don't... Yeah, want just to go talk about that. the tone. So, the issue that I have is the movie wants to have it both ways. And, yes. And the first movie, the first... The, <laughs> the first... Halloween. The first Halloween sequel... Oh. ...reboot movie. What? The David Gordon Green one. The reboot. Yes. Just say the reboot. Yeah, okay, the reboot. But it's a sequel. This this is the sequel. This is the sequel to the reboot that was also a sequel. But it... So just say there, the reboot. Okay. Just, well, okay, so the original Halloween movie is not funny. Not really. You know what I mean? It's not trying to be yeah. funny. Um, It has a couple of kind of funny moments, but for the most part, it isn't a funny movie, and it's not trying to be funny. Yeah. This one is written by uh, David Gordon Green and... um, Oh, my gosh, I'm completely blanking on his name. This is terrible. This is Zom- like terrible, zombie? terrible. No, <laughs> forget about Rob Zombie's Halloween. I hate. I honestly hated those movies. Okay. Um, those did the worst thing, which is try to give Michael a sad backstory about why he was a certain way, like he was abused by his parents and all these things. And I'm like, oh my god, get out of here. Okay. Get, get out. Of, get out of town. Get out of town, you. Rob Zombie. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the first of the reboot movie, Danny McBride. Danny McBride's Danny, a really funny Danny guy. McBride. Yeah. So yeah. So um, the first movie in this reboot series had a quite a bit of funny moments in it, right? First of all, yeah. people didn't know that Michael was back, and you know what I mean. So everybody's just having a fun Halloween. There's a lot of quippiness. Yeah. Um, overall, it has a lot of funny stuff happening. Mm-hmm. And the sequel, because it takes place just after the um, traumatic events of Michael coming back and killing a bunch of people and whatever the town is in trauma mode. So nobody's naturally making jokes jokes, but that's because David Gordon green is known for having a really naturalistic style of filmmaking. And so he goes with that here and it just doesn't work to me because 
he you could have still had jokes in there. You could have still had some lighter moments in there. Mm-hmm. And he had that one great kill. That kill was honestly it was so well executed. It was so funny mm-hmm. um, that a little bit more of that would have gone a long way, and a little bit more levity would have gone a long way to making it to where you can accept that this is a tongue in cheek ish um, riff on slasher sequels. You know what I mean? It has a yes. commentary on slasher sequels themselves. But by taking itself so seriously, it tries to have it both ways. And, and it tries to make it about a bunch of silly or gruesome or whatever over-the-top kills. It's not even trying to be scary. It's yeah. really not trying to be scary. Just trying to give you some graphic kills. Yeah, I mean, um, this is way past the days when Michael just kind of like appears and maybe you saw him, maybe you didn't see him out of the corner of your eye. This yeah. is Michael's marching down the street with 10 <laughs> people trying to beat him to the baseball bats, and he's murdering them all. I mean, yeah. the movie opens with an absolute stunner of a, um, you know, kill sequence, which is the first responders, all the firemen getting to Lori's house to put the fire out and just getting obliterated. Yeah, they have, like, saws and axes and water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they try to fight him with water. The, the guy who's trying to fight him with water, his hose is not even on very high. Like, you could tell that they didn't they, they didn't want to knock the guy playing Michael over. So it looks like he's just, like, peeing on him. Like, he's, like, dribbling out. <laughs> like, what are you trying to do? <laughs> That's so true. Oh, my God. Um. But yeah, I just don't think that that naturalistic approach without having any jokes, without having any levity um, really worked. So it was a weird movie where we're supposed to be getting excited about all these kills, but some of them are so gruesome and sad Yeah. Um, that it, it kind of, it's con- it, 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 confusing. Yeah, it's kind of discombobulating. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm, you know, I'm a heartless uh Heartless guy, I guess, because I was able to still have a great time with it. And, oh, so and was I, I thought the movie was was great fun. I was having a lot of fun. But they tried a little bit too hard they, to get. They were trying to be too clever, I think, by half for their own good. And uh, I think that weakened the movie as far as critically and and you know what what score I would end up giving it. Um, and then I guess I have one more thing that I wanted to ask you about and what one you what, more you, thing. what you thought right. what you thought about it. And that was they. Um. They pretty much canonize that Michael Myers is a supernatural, supernatural entity. Yeah, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like essentially, they, they they're very vague about it, but it's basically like he feeds off of fear and yeah. hatred, and it makes him stronger and more powerful. So that's not something that really happens in real life. So I'm gonna have to say that's extra natural or super. Natural. Yes. Um, you know, every Halloween movie, they have to come up with some way that Michael Myers didn't get killed when we saw him get his head chopped off or we saw him got sh- get shot 50 times. This yeah. movie, he gets essentially killed multiple times. Yeah. And then he just kind of is like, nope. Oh, I fought my way off hold. Yeah. Um. So what did you think about that? Do you think that was a good addition? Do you I, think that, that weakens Michael going forward? I think I think it's a good addition. I think that actually it makes it I think it would make it easier like going forward you know he can just you can't easier for him well obviously easier for him but what do you mean you make it easier moving forward i mean like easier like film wise you know he can just you just know he's immortal which is i think is cool i think it's kind of lame though why if he's immortal really i don't think he's immortal but if he was immortal then what's the then what's the point it's like watching jaws and the <laughs> The shark the Jaws is really a Poseidon the sea god, <laughs> and he can't be killed. 
<laughs> like, what's the point of watching it? It's, it's everything's futile, grasping at the wind. That you know, that's a fair point. But I think it's it. I think that's more fun. I mean, I don't. I don't think he is. I don't want him. I don't want him to know that he's one hundred percent immortal. I want him to be like seventy percent immortal. You know, I want him to be super powerful, and you want you think you might be able to kill him. Yeah, but. You know, you never will kill him. I don't want Michael to ever die. Well, my th- issue was like they, 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 they're like kind of riffing on this theory, which turns out is probably is correct or whatever. And they're like, oh, he's feeding off the hatred of the mob. You know what I mean? And their fear of him and their hatred, it's making him stronger. So they're showing him all getting like beaten and whatever. And he's falling down and stabbed and they're shooting him. And you know what I mean? And it's all slow mo. And, but then, you know, Laurie and the sheriff are over there, or Laurie and Officer Hawkins are over there, like, oh, that's what is happening. That's why he can't go down. He, he feeds off, it makes him stronger. Mm-hmm. And then he, like, hooks all up and is murdering everybody. And I'm like, so I get the message is that hate feeds hate or whatever, mm-hmm. but turning Michael into a metaphor just that's dumb. don't really like that. Because, like I said to you when we were watching, it's like, what is the, what is their nicey pants? you know, I hate to sound like this, but, you know, extra wokey way that you want to handle a serial killer if it feeds off of hatred. Is, like, the next movie going to be them just, like, writing him nice letters and telling him how much they forgive him? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? That's how they're going to fight him. What's just, their goal? They're just all going to gather around him and compliment him to death? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the opposite of it, too. Yeah, exactly. That'd be great. That'd be neat. That'd be so cool, wouldn't well, it? I mean, I guess it would definitely be something something new. They said, yeah, that's but, true. But overall, I mean, look, uh, we made it clear to this Mike guy that we think that his opinions on the movie are, are moronic, and we don't have to keep ragging on him because I want him to keep writing in with his idiotic thoughts. <laughs> that he probably has to. He probably scribbles out with crayon and has his mom transcribe <laughs> on our site. Um, but but anyway. Um, I did think the movie's great fun. We look, we this is one of our longer podcasts because we love Halloween in general, like the the holiday and yeah. the movie series. And I love slashers, and I don't really care how stupid they are. That's one. That's one nit that I have to. We'll have to go back. This guy. <laughs> look over here. He said all the characters were so stupid. They make so many dumb decisions. This movie is so stupid. F this movie. <laughs> that's it's so dumb because. I characters in slasher movies are stupid. They're supposed to be. Stu- you you know can't have conflict without stupidity. <laughs> well, can you? Is that, no. is that, a, is that you, a rule to live by? Yes, one hundred percent true. And do you know how I know this? Because in Flash, the movie series, he does so many dumb things. He could save the whole world because Flash is the most OP powers. Flash, in, the movie series, the, the show series. Oh, Flash is the most like OP hero in all the world, and he's doesn't use them right. He could literally save the world infinitely because he can freeze time and run across the land in three seconds. Right. So there has to be some kind of dumb element to give you actually a real conflict or at least something uh, fun. I, I see what you're saying. So you're saying that they have to they have to make it to where the character does something stupid. Otherwise, they would just always win. Yes. Right. Exactly. No, I agree. And But with slasher movies, I just care, especially a movie, it's called Halloween Kills. Mike, what did you think you were getting when you walked into that movie? It's a movie about Michael killing a bunch of people, and they don't pretend like it's really anything else. Yeah. You know, other than the times when, I, like I said, where they try and get a little bit too heavy-handed. But, yeah, that, I just thought that was such an idiotic complaint to make. Do you not that, that, want kills is, in your movie? Do you not, do you not like killing? Yeah, like, what? Like, was it too violent for poor little Mike? And, and also, 
honestly, that could be it. I don't even know. My, this guy could be like 15 or 14 years old. This might have been like baby's first horror movie for him. <laughs> I have no idea. But uh, imagine that Imagine that you have um, the whole car people does a smart thing, right? They all get out of the car together and they all get Uzis. Mm-hmm. You know, what does that scene look like? They just all Uzi Michael until they until it goes click 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 and he just kills them all. That's just the same scene over and over again. Yeah. So while I did think it, they are dumb. It was kind of the fun way of I'm being like, oh my gosh, they're so dumb. Yeah. But guess what? The new Scream movie, they're all gonna do dumb stuff again. Um, I think one of the only slasher movies that I've seen recently where they aren't really dumb is in that Fear Street series that we talked about. I think they yeah. actually made those characters pretty smart. Yeah, that's um, true. But anyway. We are over time now. Thank you so much for joining us and our discussion about Halloween Kills. I've had a great time, and I uh, can't wait to see the finale of, of, this, of this trilogy. Yes, of this trilogy, yeah. So, yeah, for me, uh, overall, I'm going to say that I, uh, I will give this movie, um, let's see, I have seven. My... I'm going to say seven. Really? Seven knife wounds out of ten. You're going to do yeah. seven? Yeah. I was going to give it a six. A six? You just said you loved this movie. I loved the characters, but I agree with the, all the tonal issues. I literally was going to give it a six. I didn't want you to tell about why I was going to give it a six before I gave it a six. Uh, I gave it a seven. I thought it was a real fun movie. I mean, I think it's really fun, but I don't think it deserves a seven. That's like above average. I don't. If I'm going to give a movie a six, I did not like that movie. Really? I mean, that's just my personal If it's a place. six, I like the movie. If it's a five, it was an okay movie, and anything below is awful. No, uh, six is not a movie that I like very much. Well, that's... That's well, why I gave that dumb Ryan Reynolds movie where he's like a video game character. Oh, my God. You gave you gave Free Guy a six? Yeah. That's terrible for Free Guy. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Anyway, uh, give it whatever you want. I'm not telling well, you to give it. I'm just saying I gave it a seven because I thought it was a really fun movie, and I thought it had some tonal issues. Well, but. I'm going to say 6.5 then. Because I don't want to give it, I don't want to, I don't want to, I liked, I did like the movie. I, you just sounded much more up on the movie than, than I was, than me, I liked so I was it. really surprised. Six is, seems I was surprised you're going to give a seven. Seven is not that great. It's not, but it's good. Yeah. I thought the movie was good. That's like, not, not good. Great. Look, That's, I don't think, on a, a I think on a movie rating scale, it's not the same as like real life, right? Because in real life, you would say, um, something's okay if it's five out of ten. That means it's okay. Yeah. But that's not really true. I don't think with with a rating system, I wouldn't say that. Like if I got a hamburger, and they said how good was the hamburger, and then you say I gave it a five, you wouldn't say that meant it was all right. It, that means it's not good, and you don't want to eat it again. <laughs> no, that's an okay hamburger. Yeah. You give it a sit. You get it a six if it's a good hamburger. Okay. A seven if it's great hamburger. An eight if it's an amazing hamburger. A nine if it's the best hamburger you've ever had. And a ten if that. I mean, was, that's how you're looking at. If it. that but was like look- the Jesus Christ of all hamburgers, that's what a ten is. A ten is the perfect hamburger of all. You like, gave Free Guy a ten. No, I did not. Yes, you did. Did I really? Yes. Well, that's a different movie. That's a different style of movie. Well, this is a, this is I'm a, just saying that in my, it, you could, like I said, you give it whatever you want. I'm not trying to get you to change your score. Your scores are, you can't change it, actually. You already did give it. It's a 6.5. But I just think that for movies, if a movie has a 60% on Rotten Tomatoes, it's not even rated fresh. Oh, really? No, I think it has to be like a 65 or higher. 6.5. It's certified fresh. That's just to get to fresh. Oh, not certified fresh? I mean, that certified fresh, whatever. Okay, well, that's still that's still a, that's still, that's still a tomato though. It's not rotten. Yeah, but I'm just saying, if I gave a movie a six, I would never watch it again or recommend it to anybody. That's fair. So, well, that's just not how I think of movies. It's a six point five. Six point five. Evil dies tonight. All right. S- 
He will die as tonight's. Okay. All right. Uh, that's our show. Thanks for joining us. Solomon, you want to tag us out? Do I want to tag us out? You don't have to, actually. They'll just stick a tag on the end of it anyway. <laughs> Follow uh, us at Getting the Big on Instagram or... On RogueMediaNetwork.com. Until next time. Bye. I'm classy. Mm-hmm. Make sure you subscribe, follow us on Kid Stays in the Picture on Instagram, or follow us on RogueMediaNetwork.com. This has been a Rogue Media Podcast. <laughs>